0: Welcome to Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. I'll bring you all kinds of stories from all kinds of people. Whether it's a live public conversation and we're speaking from the kitchen table of my 1965 Beeline Travel Trailer, from the studios or on the streets, please sit back and enjoy the conversation right here this time every week.
1: The rainbow flag, this symbol which reflects liberation, it reflects defiance, it reflects Sanctuary, it tells people who are queer, you are welcome. And to have a conservative cabal of uh, Supreme Court justices undo so many of our accomplishments is a sad, sad time for America, is one of the most globally recognized symbols of political liberation and empowerment. What is happening in this moment, what is evolving, is a nightmare and a insult to all the people who for years, if not decades, have been fighting for equity, rollback of affirmative action. We are talking about refusing to cancel the debts of uh, students, uh, student loans. And we're also talking about handing over the power in the United States to Bible fanatics so that they have the constitutional right to hate.
0: I'm Sabrina, and this is Trailer Talk. Welcome to this Kitchen Table edition with my guest, Jay Blotcher. I'm so excited to be speaking to him, a neighbor in this region. He is a book editor, He is involved with the Gilbert Baker Foundation and also the Catskills Borscht Belt Museum. And today we're going to be focusing on Jay and his queer rights activism and the gay flag. We're going to be talking about the originator, the creator of the gay flag, Gilbert Baker. Find out what is the meaning? What are the origins? What does this kind of symbol Reflect for the LGBTQ plus community, and also this moment that we're in right now. I mean, this is a time where the Supreme Court just came down with two very disturbing, troubling decisions: one around affirmative action, and the other around discrimination for queer folks in the U.S. So we're going to dive into this rainbow flag that i'm sure uh, most everyone has seen but may not understand what it means and why jay is dedicating his activism to educating us and to fighting for this kind of representation so welcome jay thank you so much sabrina you introduce yourself to our listeners
1: I guess you could say that I am a veteran uh, progressive rights activist, mostly focused on uh, LGBTQ plus civil rights, as well as AIDS issues. I uh, go back to New York City in the 80s and 90s, where I was a member of the founding chapter of ACT UP and Queer Nation. Both organizations had that agenda to raise the awareness of AIDS in the United States at a time where too many people were ignoring it and voting against the needed funds to support legislation, research, and um, just helping people with AIDS. And at the same time, uh, LGBTQ assaults and uh, legislation was on the rise. And we worked to fight that and to raise awareness uh, for uh, queers everywhere. And unfortunately today we find ourselves in the same precarious position, fighting the same issues that we thought that we had addressed and resolved 30 plus years ago.
0: And you're taking us back to New York City. You were part of the founding chapter of ACT UP and also Queer Nation. Share with us that time that you're referring to as you bring us to this moment. We talk about this moment in 2023 about a backlash that's happening around civil rights. Talk about ACT UP and Queer Nation and this time that you're describing decades ago now and why it was so urgent then. And of course, it is urgent now.
1: The political landscape back in the uh, 80s and 90s concerning uh, people with AIDS and LGBTQ plus people was a dire one indeed. There was no legislation protecting the rights of people with HIV AIDS. They could be summarily thrown out of their apartments, thrown out of their jobs. And this was on top of the fact that as Gay people, because mostly gay men were, but not all, mostly gay men were being affected by AIDS in in those early days. They had no legal recourse because they were not recognized as citizens who had willed their possessions to a lover or a lifetime companion. So ACT UP not only fought for the rights of people with AIDS, but fought for legislation to improve protections for them when they were at their most vulnerable, when they were you know, sick and dying. And on their deathbeds, they were having everything taken away from them by parents who disapproved of their sexual orientation or by the state or by the government. It was a, a horrific time. And it, it's probably hard for people to believe that people with AIDS had no rights whatsoever. They were considered pariahs, they were considered dangers to the to society, and that they were treated like second-class citizens, and even worse, uh, the work of ACT UP not only fought to attain civil rights for them, but to improve drug development to get promising drugs into people with AIDS in hopes to save their lives.
0: Jay, while you're sharing with us ACT UP and your origins with ACT UP, and I think that's so important to remember that this kind of activism that you have been a part of is um, impacts everyone positively to have this kind of equity. And I'm just wondering... As we look at this moment that we're in now where we're seeing uh, extremism from the right politically in the country and we're seeing backlash and we're seeing a kind of revocation of the progress that had been made, how you would place this moment for you with all the work that you've done in the past? What is happening
1: in this moment, what is evolving is a nightmare and a insult to all the people who for Years, if not decades, have been fighting for equity and for true equal rights for all, and to have a conservative you know cabal of uh so Supreme Court justices undo so many of our accomplishments is is a sad, sad time for America.
0: Can you share with us what you're describing specifically what's happened with the Supreme Court just oh, within you know, the yeah. last two days, roll back of affirmative
1: action. We are talking about refusing to cancel the debts of uh, students, uh, student loans. And we're also talking about handing over the power in the United States to Bible fanatics so that they have the constitutional right to hate and to deny the civil rights of others. That's the most absurd aspect of the Supreme Court decision. In a country that purports to separate church and state, this is a an absurdity and also an unconstitutional decision.
0: Yes, it is. And um, uh, an enraging and a, and a troubling few days that we've had because of this. But All I can say is, of course, people who have been working uh, in all different kinds of ways for, for decades will only be ignited by this to push back. So that brings me to talking about the book you edited, Rainbow Warrior, My Life in Color, by Gilbert Baker, who created the rainbow gay flag. So can we talk about the rainbow flag and the origins of it and Gilbert Baker?
1: Certainly. As people know, the rainbow flag is one of the most globally recognized symbols of political liberation and empowerment. People all over the world, in lands, you know, everywhere, recognize this symbol, which reflects liberation, it reflects defiance. It reflects sanctuary, it tells people who are queer, you are welcome. And this flag this year is celebrating its 45th anniversary. The rainbow flag or the pride flag was created in San Francisco in 1978 by Gilbert Baker, who was an artist and an activist and a good old fashioned hippie. And Gilbert was tasked to create this flag by the San Francisco supervisor, Harvey Milk, who was a friend and mentor and colleague. And at the time, there were very few symbols to unite the community, which was on the cusp of greater greater things, really fighting back to take its stand and to attain equality on a par with all other Americans. And Harvey said, "Gilbert." All we have right now is the pink triangle that was best known as the symbol of the community. And of course the pink triangle has a very troubled legacy because it was originally utilized by Nazis to label homosexuals in the death camps. And Harvey said, who always was known for saying, we gotta give them hope. Harvey wanted people to rally around a symbol that could be more upbeat and more empowering. Gilbert happened to be dancing one night with his friend Cleve Jones, who created the Names Project AIDS Quilt. But this was in you know, probably 77 uh, or so. And uh, he, it was bouncing around in his mind. What am I going to do? What am I going to create? Well, Gilbert was a vexillologist, meaning a studier of uh, flags. He loved flags. The... Love of flags was particularly sparked by the bicentennial, you know, when stars and stripes were everywhere. And he observed and he realized the power of stars and stripes, even for people who didn't consider themselves patriotic. It was an unyielding and powerful symbol that was now everywhere. And he said, a flag. We need a flag, the the LGBTQ Or what it was known then as the lesbian and gay community needs a flag. And he was pondering what that flag would look like. And he was on the dance floor at the Winterland Ballroom. And uh, he and Cleve had probably ingested some, uh, you know, some party favors. uh, So he was feeling particularly energized. And he was looking around him at the sheer diversity of the humanity around him, mostly queer people, there were bikers, there were punks, there were lipstick lesbians, you know, there were uh, guys in zoot suits, I mean, he was, and he tells this in his book, Rainbow Warrior, and he said, it's it's a a rainbow of, of, of humanity, and that was his eureka moment, he said, a rainbow, of course, and so that is why Gilbert Baker originally created an 8 stripe rainbow flag, which flew for the first time during Lesbian and gro- Gay Liberation Day in June of 1978. Now, what people don't know, aside from the fact that it was Gilbert who created it, is that each stripe has its own meaning. Yeah, and-
0: so Jay, please share with us what The stripes on the gay, on the pride flag, the rainbow flag represent. So the original
1: flag had eight stripes. The hot pink stripe was for sexuality. The red was for life. The orange was for healing. The yellow was for sunlight. The green was for nature. The turquoise was for magic or art. The indigo was for serenity and harmony. And the violet was for spirit. Hmm. Now, the next year when Gilbert wanted to bring the flags back to Pride Day, Freedom Day, I'm sorry, it was called Gay and Lesbian Freedom Day is was the formal name of the event in San Francisco.
0: So I'm speaking with Jay Blotcher, who is an editor, a progressive rights queer activist, and who was the editor for Rainbow Warrior, My Life in Color by Gilbert Baker, who created the pride flag, the rainbow flag. So the next year, 1979, after
1: the flag had been such a resounding success and had been adopted immediately by so many people across San Francisco and sort of environs, Gilbert wanted to festoon Market Street, which is the street that runs all the way through Bisects, um, uh, San Francisco he wanted to you know create another array of you know of uh, rainbow flags at that time the Paramount Flag Company which he was working with told him that I think the uh, hot pink was not available it was a very tough dye to get and so he was forced to abandon the hot pink and then when he was sketching the seven stripe flag, he saw that it looked lopsided. So, again, reluctantly, he removed the turquoise stripe, which leaves us with the six stripe flag that is known universally as the rainbow flag or pride flag. So, I that like is it. the origin of the rainbow flag. And I want to stress this because these days there were so many other community flags out there. And it's wonderful that people embrace them. But a lot of the reasons why they embrace the others, they say, well, the rainbow flag isn't inclusive enough, which is an erroneous allegation because the rainbow flag cites qualities that unite all of us. It's not about color of skin. It's about human qualities. And so that's why I push back when people say the rainbow flag isn't inclusive and we need other flags. I will point out, though, that the uh, person who created the trans flag, Monica Helms, is a proud member of the Gilbert Baker Foundation board.
0: Well, I think it's really incredible that the pride flag, this rainbow flag that, as you've shared, is seen globally and has really spread as a symbol for equality and for a kind of visibility and representation is a rainbow. So, so colorful. And there's um, a lot of joy around the pride. I'd like to
1: stress that Gilbert Baker appreciated all the flags that were fabricated, created in the wake of the original rainbow flag. He accepted them all. He applauded them all. He worked with some of the people who created them. He considered that it a compliment to the original flag that people were adapting the stripe, the rainbow stripe configuration to create their own flags.
0: I didn't know this history of the pride flag. So I think it's important to, to know that and that you're sharing that with us, Jay. I think some maybe people as well feel that it's been very commercialized, kind of, um, Corporate at this point. I'm just wondering if you could address that. And then I want to move into also this backlash that's happening with the flag itself and this mission of saving the rainbow, saving the flag, and education and advocacy.
1: To address your first point about corporate overuse of the rainbow flag, the fact is that corporate America will always exploit whatever suits them best. But uh, at the same time, if they are taking a stand by presenting the rainbow flag in this increasingly hostile environment, then we consider them allies, even if they were making money on it. You know, the fact is that Gilbert Baker Foundation does work with various corporations on projects and we hold their feet to the fire. We make sure that it's not just loose talk or they are donating money to organizations that serve LGBTQ people. And so that's important
0: as well. And you describe this moment as an increasingly hostile environment. And I'm wondering if you can talk about these bands of the flag that are happening. and And juxtaposed with that, of course, is the Gilbert Baker Foundation that you are a part of is educating. It's providing outreach. It has uh, exhibits. It has a storyteller series. There are many things going on, but we also are in, as you described, and I agree, a hostile moment. Gilbert Baker
1: was an artist and an activist. He created art in the service of activism. He realized that you had to win hearts and minds, throwing a lot of facts and figures at people, can turn them off or confuse them, even if you're talking about injustice. But if you can win their hearts with art that teaches a lesson, then it is much more effective. Um, In continuing the legacy of Gilbert Baker, the Gilbert Baker Foundation does exactly that. We create art exhibits that raise awareness and remind people of the fragility of our rights as LGBTQ plus people. But like the rainbow flag, we also urge people to rise up and take back their rights to fight back against the increasingly hostile environment that we find ourselves in right now. And um, anybody who wants to learn more about the number of art projects that we have, which are available, I want to stress, if you would like to host one of our art projects in your town or city, we work with you to make that happen. And it's an effective tool for raising awareness. Go to gilbertbaker.com. That's gilbertbaker.com. And you can learn all about the various uh, projects. One of them is called In Their Own Words which is an array of community flags in the words of the people who created them, why they created them, and what their meaning was uh, intended to be. And another exhibit we have is called Flag in the Map, where we have photographs by LGBTQ people from all over the world, walking with the flag of their choice, the queer flag or the pride flag, of their choice and with uh, statements by each one about why they do it and about the hostility in their respective uh, cities, states, or countries, in some cases where being openly LGBTQ can mean imprisonment and even death. So those exhibits are available. They've uh, appeared in New York City, they've appeared in London, they have appeared at at the uh, Statehouse in Albany. So that's one aspect of what we offer.
0: Thank you, Jay. And also, what's incredible is how powerful a symbol the rainbow pride flag has become in really a short amount of time since its creation in the 70s, including these bands, right? Because it holds such power. Exactly. And that is really something incredible to be reminded of as well. And I'm just wondering, Jay, what keeps you moving forward with your own progressive and queer rights activism?
1: I wanted to uh, elaborate on what you just said. This flag has power across the globe because it inspires people to push back and to claim their rights. So of course, the conservatives are trying to crush it because the people who want to tear down the rainbow flag are the same people who tomorrow will come back to tear down our our civil rights. It is all part of an insidious plan. And um, studies have shown that in places where the rainbow flag has been banned from flying publicly it leads to a repression of lgbtq rights new legislation that further erodes our civil rights and it also results in um a spike in uh, lgbtq teen suicides so it's all goes hand in hand what they are attempting to do is to erase us, to destroy this community. And while some people say, oh, what's the big deal about not flying a flag? The symbolic power of that, of what of their insidious plan is evident to all of us. And that's why the Gilbert Baker Organization Foundation is fighting back with a campaign that we call Save the Rainbow Flag.
0: So Jay, let's talk about this ban of the pride flag and what the impacts of that are.
1: What we're looking at right now is a ban of flying the rainbow flag on public property in over 40 cities, counties, municipalities, towns across the United States. And you can get all that information by going to gilbertbaker.com. At the Gilbert Baker Foundation, we have been monitoring the situation with alarm since uh, last year, and currently there are over 40 municipalities and counties that ban public flying of the rainbow flag.
0: Thank you, Jay. And what keeps you going? A
1: sense of defiance, a sense of what's right, a sense of justice. Um, I have to take care of myself and my community at a time where people are selling us down the river. And betraying us. And I won't let it happen again. I saw it happen in the 80s and 90s. And I refuse to let everything that we fought for, for social justice, be reversed.
0: Thank you, Jay. And as we conclude this conversation, I'm just wondering, as I'm thinking about the colors of this rainbow, pride, flag, and and what it can uh, bring out in us, all of us, as far as how we are in the world, how we interact with each other. I'm just wondering if you can uh, share that with us when you think of those colors and what it means to you. The
1: rainbow flag symbolizes a very dangerous message that we are all connected, that we all should have love and support and respect for each other because we are all part of the same world.
0: Beautiful, Jay. Yes, to remember that interconnectedness, love, uh, and how powerful that is, and and how contagious caring and joy and uh, loving each other really is.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: So thank you so much, Jay.
1: Thank you, Sabrina.
0: You're welcome. I've been speaking with Jay Blotcher about the pride flag, about the rainbow flag that was created by Gilbert Baker. Jay is a progressive and queer rights activist, a book editor, and he edited Rainbow Warrior, My Life in Color by Gilbert Baker, who is the founder of the Pride flag. And we've been talking about the flag itself, and I've been discovering so many things I didn't know about it. And also this moment that we're in, and Jay has taken us from his activism uh, throughout his life, ACT UP and Queer Nation and moving into this moment. And uh, I'm just so, so happy that we've been able to have this conversation. Thank you, Jay. Thank you. And to find out more about Gilbert Baker and the work of the foundation, please go to gilbertbaker.com. From the kitchen table, out on the road, I'm Sabrina Artel. Thanks for joining me for Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. The music for the show, Patty Smith, People Have the Power. Trailer Talk is produced by Sabrina Artel. For more information, please visit trailertalk.net. Special thanks to WJFF Radio Catskill and the numerous people who have donated their time, resources, and conversations to make Trailer Talk possible. Thank you all who joined me in these conversations. I'm Sabrina Artell safe travels.